0: Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm
1: Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda's in Zephyr A and I'm in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me and season 26 for Amanda.
0: This is match day 20 of season 98. Our first question asks, uh, what group of brutes in Gulliver's Travels give their name to a technology company?
1: So I knew I knew this, but I had to had to kind of think about it. I feel like this one's come up before, either here or in a mini league or the like. Yeah. Um, so I think the, it's not the Googles, it's not the Apples, it's not the Amazon, it's <laughs> the Yahoo's. That's it. It was mm-hmm. the Yahoo's. Yep. So that was just that kind of a kind of yekkyoid. I mean, you could maybe narrow down your technology companies, but you know why why is Yahoo not you know the the one versus Google and such like? So
0: right. Yeah, I um had the same thought basically. Um and I definitely learned this. This is one that I can directly pinpoint to like a learned league type of trivia question that I didn't know the answer to and that's the kind of thing that sometimes makes you remember things cuz you're so annoyed that you know it came up and it's kind of, you know, it's not like Gulliver's Travels is an obscure work of English literature. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I figured this had to be, uh, it, it, you know, the question asks for the name of the technology company. So I put down Yahoo in the singular. Um, I did not punctuate it. No. Um, cause punctuation doesn't matter. That's one of the rules.
1: Yep. Yahoo was correct. And while I will agree that Gulliver's travels is not an obscure work of English literature, I would argue that most of Gulliver's travels is an obscure work of English literature
0: Well, fair. because
1: you've got the, the, uh, part, and that's it. And you know that's the the story, the part of the story that percolated out into the consciousness mm-hmm. much more so than the Brobdingnagians, the Hunahims, the Yahoos, etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and what? I think there were at least a couple others that I'm not that I even can't remember. And oh, I've probably. actually read the Bloody Thing.
0: Yeah, I I think I like for high school English or whatever. Uh, read the parts about the. The uh, Lilliputians, mm-hmm. the Brobdingnagians. In fact, I think it might have been an abridged version yep. of the whole thing. That mm-hmm. uh, those are kind of the the greatest hits, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's true.
1: But anyway, question two asks us about a political leader, gives us some times and uh, and year spans of his life uh, that, uh, in particular. The time he spent opposing discriminatory legislation against Indians in South Africa.
0: So this one, I I outthought myself. Unfortunately, um, the first person to come to mind was Gandhi, and then I tried to think: was there another Indian political leader? Because that seemed very, very obvious <laughs> as a possible choice for mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. Um, and and very much too obvious, like. Sure. All of these parameters that are in the question, I mean, obviously not the specific dates or what have you, but seem like they could apply to other, you know, high profile political leaders. Um, and so I, you know, and this may be partly because I have read enough about the Indian diaspora, um, uh, not so much to, um, for example, Europe or North America but to Africa because it's right across the Indian ocean basically to go to the East coast of Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, so I know that that's a phenomenon that has happened, you know, from Ethiopia on down to South Africa. Um, and you know, like Madagascar has Indian, you know, cultural communities and so on. Um, and so I really outthought myself because I thought it's just it's just too obvious that it would be Gandhi, because um, you know that just that makes almost too much sense somehow. Um, there, I figured there'd be something else to trip it for me if it was supposed to be that easy. And so I went much farther afield, thinking about how different politicians and political movements had influenced each other, um, and. I ended up going with Michael Collins, oddly enough, because I thought, I know that there was some, you know, uh, I don't know. It was just kind of an impression I got. I thought that's roughly the right time, turn of the 20th century. Um, you know, I, I couldn't remember many details of Collins' life, but I I just thought, you know, that, that would be an unusual and interesting trivia twist to have happened that, that, you know, as as a white person from um you know sort of the british isles area to go to um south africa and and, you know learn about political organizer what have you in this context i just thought okay yeah sure let's let's give that a try Mm
1: -hmm. uh one of the weirder things about me is the fact that my parents took me to see the movie gandhi Mm. when it was in theaters right uh which if you do the math i believe i was eight
0: Sounds right. Possibly
1: seven. Uh, And I was absolutely effing enthralled. Mm -hmm. I remember coming out of that movie and thinking, that is the greatest movie I have ever seen in my life. And yes, (laughs) at least one Star Wars movie had been out at that point. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, I just, I don't know why. And uh, the movie, I don't think it starts with him in South Africa doing this because there's a framing device but it's very early in the movie that he's doing this. Mm-hmm. And that has always stuck with me that, yeah, you just kind of like, wait, he was where? For, for mm-hmm. how? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. 20 years? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this was Gandhi.
0: Mm-hmm. That was the correct answer, of course.
1: Um, A lot I of mean, people overthought this in my circles.
0: That, that makes sense. And yet, ha- have any of them been in Gandhi's house Cause I have, (laughs) I took a tour of it in Mumbai,
1: uh,
0: on that one trip that I took. And so, so yes, I am the queen of overthinkers today and I shall continue to regret it. Question three asks us, uh, what pork chop and hamburger refer to in two war films from 1959 and 1987?
1: They're hills, pork chop hill, Korea, hamburger hill, Vietnam. Yeah. Um, from what I recall, and it's been even longer since I saw Pork Chop Hill. There were both each of these movies falls into the trap of you cannot make an anti-war movie mm. because any war movie you make becomes a pro-war movie. Sure, it, it's just it's simply impossible, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I believe each of these was trying to be, and neither of them succeeded because you simply cannot huh. platoon. Did not succeed in that. Oh. Full Metal Jacket did not succeed in that. They're, Tropic Thunder. The list goes on.
0: Apocalypse Now.
1: Apocalypse Now. Very much not. Yeah. Uh, each of the films I have named ha- has been watched unironically by generations of military people and sure. enjoyed. You, yeah. You can't do it. So, but yes, this is Hills.
0: Yeah. I and I knew this as well, uh, primarily from the latter uh, name. I just figured, you know, if there's if there's a war movie called Hamburger Hill, then Porkchop Hill stands to reason as Mm -hmm. a as uh, an answer. And just that's the kind of thing where, you know, if the plot of the movie is about, well, you got to go take this particular piece of territory, then it might be just Mm -hmm. this this whatever named Hill and or defend it. Or defend it yeah the you know one of the two um, and so yeah I put down hills as well
1: yep and that was correct
0: mm-hmm.
1: question four asks us what countries uh, are have on their borders <laughs> uh, the national parks and world heritage sites of Iguatsu and Iguatsu
0: right um, and so this one suggested that well to back up these are um, this is a park apparently known by a name that it would appear to be something in Spanish and something in Portuguese. Um, and I had to to double check my thinking on that because I know that French uses that same uh, or a very similar uh, sort of C with a little curved line under it mm-hmm. to indicate that it's pronounced soft. Um, and so uh, I kind of thought to myself, okay, I, you know, I had to to make sure I had seen that in Portuguese specifically before I kind of went down that pathway, but I was pretty sure, you know, I I could, I could picture it in some, um, you know, different words that I'd seen, probably place names. So with that in mind, that presented a couple different possibilities because of course, Portugal and Spain themselves are next to each other. So they could share, um, A border and a national park and a world heritage site, Um, but that didn't sound quite right to me. Um, And my real my real first instinct was to go with Brazil, Um, and then of course there's a multitude of countries in South America that it could be uh, Spanish speaking countries that it could be sharing a border and a national park with. And I I tried to think: Are there any other places that could be, you know, um, that could be like this? But If there are, it felt like they would be too obscure somehow, like, um, you know, those are the two where you can say, okay, Spanish and Portuguese next to each other, you know, it's hopefully it's not going to be a couple of Pacific islands that technically share a maritime border that, you know, have have tiny populations or whatever. So um, with all that in mind, I ended up going with Brazil and I kind of reasoned like my after the fact, why instinctively it seemed like the right, the most right answer to me was that uh, the name of the park/slash World Heritage Site looks like the name of an, in, looks like the translation of an indigenous word, like a South American, um, you know, a, a word from a South American indigenous language. Uh-huh translated into spanish and portuguese Mm -hmm. so i figured that has to be brazil and something and since we only had to provide one thank goodness i put down brazil
1: uh i today i learned that the (laughs) the sea with the little thing under it which i used to know the name of Mm -hmm. uh is also in portuguese (laughs) oh well i read it as french Mm. and figured oh this must be french guiana because, because I, I also read Iguazu as being very definitely uh, either a South American indigenous word or a Spanish version of it. And here's my problem: I knew that the only, sp- or I, I knew that the only uh, country touching French Guiana asterisk. I'll come back to that. Uh, the only countries speak dutch on one side i believe and i think english on the other yes and then brazil yeah and it did not occur to me that uh the spanish side of that border must be brazil is not correct oh. because brazil <laughs> does not speak spanish right i don't think that would have really uh waved me off though because Iguazu could easily be portuguese in my head okay
0: yeah okay. like i don't
1: i as i say i didn't know that they used this Little C thing, um, so yeah, it, that could as easily be Portuguese mm. a, or a Portuguese bastardization of uh, of an indigenous word, as it could be a Spanish one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of thought, oh, this is uh the the two countries are French Guiana and uh, Brazil, and I uh, and I really for some reason I. Uh, well, no, I'll take it back. The reason, and here, here's where I come back to the asterisk, French Guiana is not a country. French Guiana is France. Right. Fr- French Guiana is a department of France in the same way that Hawaii is a state of the U.S., despite not actually touching France. Um, and so I I really kind of thought, oh, this is being tricksy despite Rule 4, and the answer is going to be France and Brazil. <laughs> So I very nearly, to avoid doing that, said Brazil. But Mm -hmm. I did not, and I just said French Guiana.
0: Oh, jeez. It
1: turns out.
0: The correct answers are Argentina and Brazil.
1: So the entire other side of Brazil.
0: So what actually, um, one thing that, now that you mention it, helped me remember about how Portuguese is written is that in Portuguese, Brazil is spelled with an S. Yeah. And... So that
1: kind of so do they not, do not use help, the Z or use it much less, or
0: I don't know if they don't use it. Mm. I guess, um, but it's I I gather that it's much less. Okay, um, and so yeah, I was I was looking up the pronunciation because I uh, well I was looking up the park and uh, it is a park with beautiful waterfalls in it. Um, which is, uh, yeah, just extending over 2,700 meters long. So, hmm. um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just that somehow <laughs> pulled out the right thread, I guess. Uh, anyway, Great. Uh, question five is asking us, well, I'm going to read it directly, <sighs> shall I? Okay. What constitutes the content of videos on the extremely popular YouTube channel Cocomelon, parenthetically, which is in fact the platform's most subscribed channel featuring such
1: content?
0: Close parentheses.
1: I'm just going to say that I said cartoons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to move on from this one.
0: Okay. Yeah, I... Uh, I put cartoons and then in parentheses children's television because um, I know that Cocoa Melon is a huge kids channel um, on YouTube. It's one of those things that is so popular that parents just can't stand it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's ubiquitous. It's, you know, kind of overwhelming and it's, very, you know, sort of treacly, I guess you might say. It's
1: pointed directly at preschoolers yeah. with nothing like, you know, Bluey has jokes for the adults. Mm-hmm. Coco mm-hmm. Melon, as far as I know, very much does not. It is just simply here's something your four year old's going to enjoy, deal.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, but I, I will say I had trouble figuring out what this question was asking for. Because what constitutes the mm-hmm. content? Yep. Does not really say we're going for a genre. We're going for, like, I. I yep. Yeah. It, it it was so mushy of language that I, I assume mm-hmm. that well I, I the, don't even know how you would the, determine <laughs> yeah. that it is the mo- the platform's most subscribed channel featuring this
1: content. I don't yeah. know how you would know the, that the, and. The official answer, which, as of when I submitted at 8.25 a.m. Mm. Pacific time, which, granted, is, you know, 11.25 our time, but <laughs> the workday had not started at Thorsten's headquarters yeah. when I answered, and there were already three different answers possible, <laughs> nursery rhymes slash educational songs slash children's songs, Yeah, which are three different things. Quite And if you've got three things that can very much be different, you know, this is not Brazil with a Z slash Brazil with an S. Mm -hmm. This is three actually different things. So maybe that's an indication that your question bites.
0: Yeah. Um, I I will be interested to read the discussion of this tomorrow Mm -hmm. because what's interesting is you put down cartoons and assumed you got it wrong. I put down cartoons and then parenthetically children's television and assumed I got it right Mm. because it says nursery rhymes, educational songs, children's songs. Yeah, that's more or less what I said. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, again, we've got three different like these are three distinct categories. Mm -hmm. You know, nursery rhymes are their own thing. They're not necessarily educational. Mm -hmm. Some of them are nonsense. You know, some of them are about history that's so opaque you can't possibly learn it from them. Mm-hmm. Um and then children's songs are a whole other potential thing. So, like, how do you know you're the most subscribed channel featuring children? Like like where's mm-hmm. the children's songs chart versus the educational songs chart versus the nursery rhymes mm-hmm. video like YouTube video popularity chart? Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the, uh, I won't be surprised if it's the most subscribed channel featuring children's television Mm -hmm. or cartoons. Yeah. Entirely possible. This one one was a little wild. So. All right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So did we get it right? (laughs) I don't know. Who can tell?
1: Moving on. Question six tells us there are five animals that are called monotremes. One Mm -hmm. of them is a platypus, the other four are all the same, called the same thing. What is it?
0: It's uh, an echidna, or echidnas. I put plural because it's asking uh, about four different species, so they're, you know, just English Mm. syntax-wise I felt like I had to pluralize it, but we all know that doesn't matter. Um, I honestly
1: would have said that echidna is the plural.
0: right. I mean, English does a lot of weird things with Latin when it feels like it. Sure. So, um, yeah, but this is—I, I, this is just something I've picked up along the way because monotremes are such a weird, interesting mm-hmm. offshoot of evolution. And um, you know, we're, we're all familiar with the duck-billed platypus, but the echidnas are pretty interesting too, and mm-hmm. have a similar, like, egg-laying—you know—reproductive cycle. Um, but some different features than the duck platypus so um yeah some i just picked this up in general let's read about weird animal stuff sure
1: yeah that's what i thought too and was like hmm, i think that's echidna which is uh kind of looks like a porcupine looking thing so yeah i think i'll go with that i wasn't sure of it but i just couldn't think of any like i was i was starting to think of like marsupials oh, no those yeah. no the platypus and the kangaroo are not that closely related mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah i'm just going to keep coming back to echidna and we'll <laughs> go with that
0: and that was the correct answer
1: yeah. uh, the plural is echidnas okay. or echidnai sure. ae sure sure uh, and it <laughs> it probably comes from the greek
0: oh okay. not the latin
1: however <laughs> uh nobody's certain of what uh, it comes from uh, which Greek word? There is
0: <laughs> oh.
1: uh, echidna, meaning snake. There is echinos, oh. meaning hedgehog. Oh. There was apparently a serpent nymph named echidna. Oh. Uh, and that uh, the animal may have been named for the fact that early scientists did not know whether it was a mammal or an amphibian.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, it may be from a synthesis of all of those. Right, right. So it's just. Much much like the animal itself, it's just kind of this weird conglomeration of words, probably.
0: Huh, okay. So, there you go. So, I, I got a question mark out of six. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very disappointed about the Gandhi question. Hopefully that one will strike everybody as so obvious that they'll give it a zero or a one. Mm. Um, versus, you know, some of these other ones, which I wouldn't consider to be in my wheelhouse quite as much. Um, I can also hope, I guess, that they, you know, if I do get the YouTube question wrong, then they will look at my profile and be like, "Ah, Midwestern mom, she's gonna know what uh, what's <laughs> what's on Cocomelon. Melon." Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's been another Coco Melon question pretty recently too. I feel like. Um, so I, you know, hmm. I feel like I've seen, and maybe it was on some other you know it was in a mini league or something but um I thought it was a regular one anyway maybe it was on a mid-season or something yeah, like that That's could be um so yeah this is this is not actually not super well relieve the hangover of Friday's mm. uh, question set
1: yeah it, it it if it had not been for Friday this would have struck a lot uh, less bad Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got four plus, who knows what's going to happen with cocoa melon. So yeah. four four slash five, but I'm betting on four.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to expect. I mean that, you know, a lot of I expected more corrections on Friday than than happened. So, uh, I guess I should be pessimistic about my likely four out of six. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. And that's it for today. Uh, Tune in again tomorrow for more post-game analysis. Follow Lurid Lag with all the vowels, now on Blue Sky. And remember, don't forfeit, don't cheat.